Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Dear beloved brothers and sisters, dear friends, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. Allah has brought us together uh, to learn about the Quran. So let us start with our verse for today. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa la tarkanu ila alladhina zalamu fatamassakumun nar. وَمَا لَكُمْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءَ ثُمَّ لَا تُنْصَرُونَ Very, very interesting verse. I don't know if we can actually do full justice to this verse in terms of its translation and the emotion and the idea that it conveys. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying pretty much, O oh Muslims, do not incline لَا تَرْكَنُوا إِلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسْ إِلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا do not incline towards those who do wrong, those who have oppressed, those who've done that which is wrong, or else the hellfire will seize you. The hellfire will seize you. So if you're going to even incline, forget about follow, even if you incline towards that are oppressed, you will be punished by the hellfire. Right? Just inclination towards them. Silent approval, for example. You do not have any protector. And if that's the case, and if you do do that, then remember, وَمَا لَكُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءِ You do not have any protector, nor friend. You have no protector or friend other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you will not be assisted. You'll have no defense. You'll have no assistance. It's a very, very, very powerful verse, full of the majesty and a powerful message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can see how awe-striking that is. That message is very, very humbling. What Muslims are asked to do here is that one needs to be really on the straight path and they should never incline towards and associate themselves even the slightest inclination towards wrongdoers. Simply put, you have to have nothing to do with wrongdoers because they've deviated from the straight way and abandoned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way. Now, if you're going to be drawn to them, then hellfire will overwhelm, just like it's going to overwhelm them, it's going to overwhelm us, right? Then, when that happens, you'll have no protector from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You'll have nobody to help you. Because once anybody is deprived of divine patronage, divine assistance, divine guidance, uh, di 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 divine security, then they'll have no other place for refuge. There's nothing else that anybody can do for you if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want to provide you that. Um, you see, uh, to put this in perspective, I think what it is is that a lot of people think and you know, we think that sometimes it's clear what is halal and haram, what is right and wrong. And there's a hadith to that effect, but then the hadith doesn't stop there, right? Unfortunately, not everything falls so neatly into either of these categories and this is where a lot of the complexity comes in right this is even for people who are generally practicing or trying to be adherent you know people who are not trying to be adherent i mean sometimes they use a lot of other justifications but things don't always fall so neatly some things do but other things don't fall so neatly into lawful and unlawful good and evil good and bad you know so Yes, there are obviously some things that we can brand as properly being unlawful. And um, it's always difficult to figure out in certain other cases 
whether Allah likes that or dislikes that because there's no very specific guidance or there's some confusion or it's a new issue and there's not an analogy that you can make. So that's why what does Allah like in a certain situation? What does Allah want me to do in a certain situation? What doesn't He want me to do? This is where there's a huge confusion. The reason is that we have emotions, we have selfishness, we have self-love, right? We have indulgence, we have addictions. You know, there's inclinations towards vice, there's, there's force in this world, there's compulsion in this verse, there's pressure. So that's why all of that just skews our understanding of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us in a certain case. How do you then develop beyond, you know, the obviously haram and the obviously halal? How do you develop an understanding of what Allah likes in a certain, you know, what is in accordance with the spirit of the sharia? You know, what, what is in accordance with the spirit of our tradition? That can only be understood. You see, I've seen this is the challenge. I've seen this happen in so many different places, right? There's people who actually even learn a bit of fiqh and things like that because they're not steeped in the Quran and Sunnah and the Seerah above all. They don't have the mizaj. They don't have the, the temperance of the Sharia. So they try to look at things in some very kind of black and white way. And it, they may end up making a lot of mistakes, right? Brother, this is not haram, so we should be able to do it. Uh, it's not being condemned, you know, there's no mention of it. So why are you making a big deal? Like, you know, it, it's like this is our approach to the laws of the land, that because there's nothing, we're going to do it, right? rather than err on the side of caution. Now, while you may get away with that in, in the earth, you know, for earthly laws, but you can't get away with that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because all of that has an effect in terms of determining our temperament. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives, based on our approach and our emotions and our temperament, that's what I'm trying to get through in this. So learning from the Sahaba, from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ and the Quran Sunnah directly, that is what creates the religious mizaj, religious mizaj, right? In many cases, I've seen cases where, you know, we were studying something from a fiqh perspective and there was leeway, but it just doesn't sound right. You can tell that there's, uh, this, it's going against the spirit. It's not right, right? And for some people, they say like, look, as long as there's no direct prohibition, let us do it. Well, okay, you know, but this is not in the right direction. So this is, uh, you know, this is what, uh, this is what uh, we deal with when it comes to our lifestyle, right? This is going to be plagued with this kind of confusion. Lifestyle, appearance, physical traits, and ways and meaning, uh, means of beautifying ourselves and adornment. All of this comes into that clothing you wear, the way we carry ourselves and so on. See, when the Prophet ﷺ appeared on the scene in Arabia and he made his call to embrace divine faith, he didn't ask people just to accept Islam sincerely and give up polytheism and disbelief. That was the basic message. He, he did that. But he also instructed them in an entire way of life. Islam is totalizing. Udkhulu fi silmi Muslims are actually supposed to adhere to all the norms of the Islamic order. We're told to refrain from acts that led to the punishment of 
previous communities. We don't want to follow in their footsteps, even though they may not be entirely haram as such, right? They, these people were maybe guilty of refusing to follow Allah's way, and that's why they had incurred Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wrath. And that's why we're told not to do that as well. Like, for example, pass through quickly through those lands that uh, have had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger and punishment shower upon them. You know, for a lot of people, they've got such an easy-going attitude, which is a problem here, a very liberal attitude. It's a common misconception in a lot of places that you don't have to be very particular about these things. Like, you guys are just too strict, man. Yes, some people are too strict. Again, there's a balance, and that's the difficulty. You get some people who are overly strict, but then you get a lot more, and there's a few of those people. I would say that if you compare people who are overly strict to people who are overly lax, there's a lot more overly lax and liberal people, all right, than overly strict people. You do come across them once in a while, but because it's more difficult, you know, that's not going to be something that a lot of people are going to get into as much, you know, the over, over strictures that they have. But this is, is to get the balance right. It's to get the balance right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want us to put pain, uh, you know, to put us in pain. You know, those things which are, they say, just follow those things which are central to one's faith. Everything else, you know, you got leeway. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forgiving and so on, as long as they don't entail absolute disbelief or absolute dhulm or wickedness or haram. But Muslims need to be careful because we're, what's in our heart is going to be looked at. And then the problem is that once you start going in that direction of being liberal about things, you start making uh, concessions in too many other places and eventually it encroaches. So for example, if you don't make the nafil prayers, then eventually you'll start missing your sunnah prayers as well. And then eventually you'll start missing your follow prayers. And that's just the reality. A lot of people have done that. right? And sometimes it's such misdeeds in the past, past nations Going against the whole spirit of things, of their religion, is what brought divine punishment to the people because it just became a malaise, you know, a problem for the whole community. So one needs to not give in to their selfish desires, unbridled desires. We do need to have a bit of an effort in our faith. A bit of strictures is useful, right? And some of the biggest, you can say, crimes and sins are materialism. This worldliness, if that's a term that you can use, lust for power. Right, lust for power, lust for bodily uh, pleasures without uh, permission, vices, all of these things are major problems of today. Now, anybody, who, any Muslim who is keen on developing his faith, sincerely asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his mercy, right, he's going to be ever conscious of his accountability to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the, the way to stabilize ourselves and the way to balance ourselves in this regard is think, what am I going to answer? I'm going to die one day. Death is a very sobering reality. We're going to be asked and interrogated in our grave by the angels. We need to be thoughtful about the grand assembly in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment when we will have to render our accounts. Obviously, religious duties like fasting and hajj and prayer and zakat are extremely important. Likewise, the articles of faith are important. But creating a dini mizaj, creating a temperament, an inclination, a balanced understanding, a vision, a worldview, like that of the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba, that is extremely important. 
So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La tarkanu ila wala tarkanu ila ladhina zalamu and that do not incline towards those who have done wrong or else the hellfire will seize you. you and then you'll have no protector from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nor shall you be helped in any other way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not allow us to be abandoned that way just because of pursuing our self-desires. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not allow us to abandon ourselves that way and oppress ourselves by and what Allah says here is just inclination. He's not even saying follow them fully. He just says inclination because the next step is to follow them. May Allah guide us and give us balance and equilibrium. May Allah give us the understanding and the focus that the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba had. And may Allah make it easy for us. It's tough, but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. At least we know and we can make this effort. Please remember us in your du'as. May Allah bless you and your families and grant uh, us abundance and blessing in our faith and in our prosperity in every other way. Jazakallah khairan assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.